Hello, welcome to Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine, where you can always find great suggestions for your next audiobook. I'm Robin Witten, editor of Audiophile Magazine, and this week we are focused on our selection of 2020's best audiobooks. In this special episode today, we'll talk about the nonfiction audiobooks that we've chosen as best of the year. These titles give listeners a diverse array of topics for, you know, an escape, perhaps, education, and really a a great range of topics for great listening. We also have a a special guest, narrator T. Ryder Smith, and we'll talk with T. Ryder shortly. But first, here are our choices for best audiobooks in nonfiction. Had I Known by Barbara Ehrenreich, read by Suzanne Torin. The Fragile Earth by David Remnick and Henry Finder, read by Khalil Griffith, Gabra Zachman, and Kat Gould. A Fool's Errand by Lonnie G. Bunch, third, read by J.D. Jackson. Cast by Isabel Wilkerson, read by Robin Miles. On Corruption in America by Sarah Chase, read by the author, and Fire in Paradise by Alistair G. and Danny Anguiano, read by T. Ryder Smith. And we're very glad to welcome T. Ryder here today. Hi there, Robin. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's uh, interesting to have uh, such an array of topics in this category of best audiobooks. But tell us about Fire in Paradise. Fire in Paradise is uh, an account, a harrowing account, of a wildfire in California in the fall of 2018, which destroyed the mountaintop town of Paradise. It was one of the most destructive fires in the history of the country. and. Um, Sad to say, is still one of the most fatal fires with close to 100 deaths and 14,000 structures destroyed. Mm. Um, just a, a hideous event, a fire that swallowed a town that was moving too fast for, for anyone to respond or, or for, for many of the people to escape. Completely overwhelmed any of the precautions that the town had taken to respond to wildfires. It was much worse in, in large part due to climate change than anything that the town could have prepared for, basically just coming up both sides of the mountain, making it almost impossible to escape. Mm. And the book is an account of the fire. It's sort of a a multiple first-person account from the point of view of the people who experienced it, the citizens of the town, the firefighters, the rescue workers, and so on, as well as an overview um, by the authors of the, the circumstances that led up to the fire and the aftermath, the trials and the, the, the public relations strategies of, of uh, Pacific Gas Electric during the trials and uh, the attempts of the, the citizens to rebuild their lives and just pick up from, from literal charred ground. It grew out of the reporting on the fire from, from two journalists uh, working for the, the British newspaper, The Guardian, who were based in the San Francisco office, an American and uh, British reporter. And they continued to follow the story. They covered it uh, as it was happening. But then they stayed with the story in the aftermath, following the trials and the the lives of the citizens of the town, and um, just tried to follow that story through. That, of course, is still happening, that the town, Paradise, had to evacuate this past year because of the wildfire. 
Yes, because you so said it, it, uh, it was 2018, and and then again, which which seemed to be a, a a horrible benchmark for it that has then been surpassed this past year with no no real remedy in sight. It's just going to continue until practices change. Right. What do you think? Um, I mean, you you've said there are so many aspects to the uh, story and different points of view. Tell us about the challenges when you're narrating that kind of nonfiction. Well, I think the overall goal with with any audiobook is to do justice to the material. So you're 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 faced with the real life story of these people, and you you need to honor that, and you need to uh, honor their their uh, experiences and the tremendous courage that so many people showed, which is one of the things that stayed with me about the book is just the the acts of sacrifice and the acts of, of wild generosity that exist in any situation like that. And I know that every uh, narrator probably has their own idiosyncratic way of uh, preparing for a book. I, I tend to read the book several times, and um, I don't do any research before the first time I read it. I just want to come to it blank without any preconceptions or any expectations and just take careful note of my responses to sort of map my response as a reader so mm -hmm. that I can recreate that or revoke that <laughs> for the listener later. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the first read. So I just sort of mark the tone and or what I think of as the music of the book, the, the mood of the book. And then I start uh, doing research and recorded books is wonderful here and that they have a very sharp, very smart research team or, or tremendous help. But uh, I'll do research on my own, looking up, you know, just not just the simple things like getting place names correct uh, or terminology correct, but I want to find out about the town and the history of the town and the, the lives of the citizens, the lives of the who becomes a firefighter, et cetera. How, how do you put out a wildfire, et cetera, so that I can somehow visualize it. And to some extent, as actors do, try to live in it a little bit. Whoa. <laughs> um, and then, um, because, I mean, the book is so palpable, it's so terrifying to read that you're, you're curious about that. And you start thinking of sort of experiences in your life that are correlates for it. When was I that frightened? When was I that um, uh. confused about, about what, what, what course to take? And then the third time I read it is um, I start to read it aloud and, and record some of it and listen to it because you want to find the tone and the voice and the pace. If there's an accent you need to get right, et cetera. And uh, again, so you can, you can make sure that you're, um, you never want to impose an experience uh, on the listener. You, you don't want to read the book for them. Ideally, you sort of erase yourself hmm. as a narrator and you just become the book so that you're looking from, from the, the, the vantage that you have, having read it a few times, you understand the architecture of the book. So you know when a detail needs to be colored a little bit because it's going to recur or when a very important name occurs that the, the listener is going to have to remember later. Because hmm. um, when you're reading a book, of course, you can flip back and forth and <laughs> right. the pages refer to something. Oh, what was that again? But an audiobook only moves forward. So you have to sort of anticipate for the listener what information needs to be lifted or colored or or italicized a little bit so that it will play off because you you know the the shape of that individual um motif or or when an episode simply 
uh, occurs very colorfully, colorfully and then stops. It doesn't recur. So you have to color that in a different way than something that has a slower development or a slower build. So again, I think of it as the architecture or the music of the book. That's a yeah. wonderful that's a wonderful way to think about it and for listeners to think about it because you have such an immersive experience, listening experience with Fire and Paradise. Well, as I say, that, that's how I do it. I mean, I, I don't know how, how other narrators work, but you know, all, all of that might count because you wind up in the recording booth and they say, Okay, go. So you hope that some of that research and preparation sort of helps you helps you do justice to the material, which again is the ultimate goal is you just want to make the book the experience for the listener that you had as the reader. Yes, well, I think that's why we're talking about this uh, title being in the best of the year is because you really succeeded in that. But I oh, do, you know, I you. do think that we should share a, a clip from Fire in Paradise yeah. with our listeners here. So let's, uh, this is Fire in Paradise by Alistair G by, and Danny Anguiano. And reading it is T. Ryder Smith. Another ambulance carrying patients stopped behind it. A pediatrician placed the immobilized woman on a backboard, and David Hawks, the Paradise Fire Chief, arrived and shuttled her and the other patients and hospital staff toward a tan stucco home on Chloe Court, the only one in sight on the street that had not caught fire. A paramedic slipped through a dog door and unlocked the garage, shepherding the group of a dozen inside as fire rained down over the street. With the patients secure, Hawks directed the hospital workers and medics to try to protect the house from flames by clearing brush, hosing down the roof, and removing pine needles from gutters. They sheltered in the home for two hours before a sheriff's van was able to rescue them. Yeah, I think I'm right there. Yeah, well, there, there's uh, just a, uh, an example of those, those details. I mean, reading the book, I mean, there, the, he crawls through the dog door right. to get in. You have to clear the pine needles from the, from the gutter because they can, they can take flame. I mean, the fire was started by a spark, a single spark from a faulty power line. Right. You know, that, that, um, that's what's so, so terrifying about the book, and and it's it's in all those details right. is that you realize how vulnerable every structure is and every person is that you're surrounded by it. You're 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 living under this canopy of fire that is literally f coming up from the ground and falling down from the sky, and that people survived and they sacrificed themselves in such a, a remarkable way to save others was just the most moving part of the book. And it's in those details, you know, because that passage took several hours. That's a paragraph of the book, but that was several hours of their lives. Yeah. Well, I mean, you did make that a a book that has stayed with me, certainly. And, the, and it is in the details. And this uh, talking with you about it is has been great. Thank you so much for joining us today, T. Ryder, and congratulations on having one of these audiobooks, uh, your performances celebrated in our 2020 Best Audiobooks. Thank you for having me. I, I'm, I'm glad to be a small part of giving this book and this issue a larger platform. Great. Thanks. We've been talking with T. Ryder Smith about Fire in Paradise by Alistair G. and Danny Anguiano. And this has been a special best of the year episode of Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine.
Support for our podcast comes from Oasis Audio, publisher of Frankenstein, a breathtaking full cast original audiobook performance of the stage adaption by A.S. Peterson. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please stay tuned right here all week for more chats with narrators of some of our best 2020 audiobooks. And check our social media as we often post conversations and videos with audiobook narrators. The full list of Audiophile's best audiobooks can be found at audiophilemagazine.com. This is Robin Witten. Thanks for listening. <laughs>